Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about light novels you'd like to read after watching the animated series. I think that a lot of people have noticed that there has been an increase in light novel anime adaptations throughout the years, and that's simply because light novels have become a lot more accessible to the entire worldwide. There are now translations and official publications of these light novels that, you know, growing up with the three of us, definitely, like, we didn't really have access to, and Definitely wasn't as easy to read, per se, than, you know, the scantilated manga that we would grow up used to scourging from the internet on. So with that increase in popularity of people people reading light novels, there has also been a lot more light novel adaptations in anime itself. With that being said, though, I'm sure that there are a number of us who have seen anime adaptations of these light novel series, but have not actually read the light novels and have gotten curious about the series after watching the anime because the anime just did a really good job of adapting the stories and getting you interested into the world, the plot, and the characters. And so that is what we are going to talk about today. So, Isabel, I believe you are starting us off this week. So, what are some anime series you've seen of, like, you know, light novel adaptations that have made you interested in the light novel series after the original animated series itself has ended, or, you know, they haven't made a second season or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, in general, I don't read light novels, but there's definitely a couple of series that have made me interested in reading them, or at least trying to. Purchase them now that you know they a lot of them are published, and and so the first one I have is actually probably completed. I don't know how far the light novels go, but it's uh Durarara. Ah, okay, oh, classic. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I was obsessed with that when I was watching it, and before I think season I don't remember, it was either the last two seasons that came out. I, I was really considering reading it. I was downloading the, some things and reading like snippets here and there where I could, um, just because I wanted to know more about you know the characters there. I wanted to see more um, Shizuo, obviously, and and the fact that you know the whole uh, the whole series revolves around Ikebukuro, and that inspired me when I went to Japan to go visit that Ikebukuro itself just to see you know. Uh, you know what the characters are going through in the series uh, that made me really interested in there and not only that like going to Japan I saw like a lot of light novels like if I were Japanese like I can see myself buying a couple of light novels and just reading it on a train or something like that and yeah I just don't know what the night novels entails um, and I just like the characters uh, themselves and seeing because then I because there's so many characters in Durarara that you can't really know all their backstories and things like that. Right. So I think in light novels, there would be a lot more backstory and I would kind of know where the characters come from. Like when I was watching, I think one of the seasons, the show season, um, I remember a lot of the characters, but since it had been a, for, you know, for a while, like I, I only remember like their basic thing, like, you know, what they're known for or just kind of know their face. Uh, but I think if I read the novel, I would know the character a lot more uh, where they're coming from and then, you know, interactions that you don't see in anime because, you know, the anime is so limited in the time that they can adapt uh, the interactions between the characters. 
did you learn anything new, I guess, like from the characters, especially Shizuo, since it sounds like that's your fave? <laughs> I learned a lot from the manga more than uh, anything else. Okay. Uh, I think just kind of his, I really like his, uh, their like uh, school story between him. I think it was the three of them. I think it was Shinya, Shizuo, and Izaya. Mm. The three of them in high school and... Um, I think that was an anime too. Uh, I can't really, I, I, I remember correctly, I did watch that where the three of them were just interacting in high school and how they kind of came to be. And it's funny that, you know, they all still live in the same uh, area and they still see each other as adults to this day, uh, you know, to, to that day. And just seeing their interactions as high schoolers and transferring that over to how they act in the present, uh, I just feel like just made their interactions uh, more funny and uh more fascinating to look at in terms of just seeing how they how they might have changed or how they might not have changed yeah for sure and agnes i know that you were also or are also a fan of Dora. did it also make you want to check out the light novels perhaps when i was younger i didn't realize that Dora came from a light novel ah. because at the time i was kind of like one of those people who were like anime freaks so i just watched anime and i didn't have i didn't know but funnily enough because you did choose Dora, that is somewhat linked to one of my picks for this podcast episode so we can talk about that in a little bit later <laughs> okay okay and uh and isabel did you know that the live novel series apparently continued i found that out because i couldn't wait for the anime to finish and i'm someone <laughs> who looks for spoilers so i went ahead and dove into like the wiki pages <laughs> dedicated to Dora, where i was able to spoil myself to my content to say the least but I learned from there that I think that like from where the anime officially ended that the author actually ended up writing more, but it wasn't planned. Like it seemed like it really was like that was going to be the ending, but then they just he just continued. So did you know about that? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, when I was reading the wiki, it seemed like there was more to it, but I didn't know how much more. Right. So that's so that's nice to hear that there was more that maybe was unplanned and maybe um was there like an official ending to that do you know or okay like, so you know i don't more? know the answer mm -hmm. to that because after i found out there was more i tried to find the ending to that and um the information from that got increasingly scarce uh scarce i think it's not really translated like the other light novels are so that's why but um but yeah so i was just curious if you also dug into that as well and stuff <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't. I found something else that was interesting, though, when I was looking up this. Uh, there's actually a crossover between Durarara and Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens. Really? I, one, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I'm kind of curious about it because I know, you know, uh, Tonkotsu Ramens also had an anime adaptation. And in this one, the description says that it's, it's a crossover. So they kind of go to Ikebukuro and... Um, meet the characters there so the fact that there's a crossover in light novel that that just that, that sounds really cool to me <laughs> yeah no no, no, no. I, that does sound really fun it makes sense that they would do a crossover between those two because of how similar sort of the concept and yeah the concept and the characters are i did like uh uh tonkotsu or hakata tonkotsu ramas when the anime had first came out so um so that makes me really excited yeah no that makes a lot of sense um i'm surprised that they actually had an official crossover for that 
Uh, did, so did you read any uh, from beginning to end light novels of um, Durara or was it just like scourging the internet and finding like clips of it and stuff like that or like snippets, I guess, to be more precise? <laughs> yeah, more like snippets um, because I think at the time when I was trying to find it, I think there weren't official translations out. So right. I was kind of looking at fan translations and kind of also just fan uh, summaries of the novels and so that that's pretty much all I went off of. So now that Duara probably <laughs> won't be coming back, uh, obviously. Um, so I might just try reading that. Or I, I like to read it in completion too. Like if it's not completed, I'm afraid that, you know, I'll be reading something that's incomplete. So that scares me a lot. But yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. <laughs> read, want to read it from start to finish. <laughs> that makes sense. I actually understand that because I also don't really read manga unless i know there's an end to the manga which a lot of times manga does not have an end to so that's why i don't ever read them so i understand your desire for that Alrighty, so if that is your first pick then what is your second pick yeah my second pick is definitely something i've talked about before um it's not really a light novel but it's a web novel which okay interesting i think to in terms of light novel versus web novel, a lot of light novels start off as web novels because the authors maybe self-publish as a web novel. Mm -hmm. And then once they are, are under a publisher, things like that, maybe clean up um, the wording, they publish that, obviously, and that kind of turns into a light novel. So to me, those two are almost the same. And the one that I really got into was The King's Avatar. And... It's a lot of chapters, um, but I actually, yeah, so I started watching the King's Avatar anime when it came out, and I started reading after that just because I was curious. Like, even though I, got, I knew there was a season two coming out, I actually went on to read the whole web novel in its entirety as, as it was being translated, because I think uh, the novel itself is completed in Chinese, but um, at the time, the English translation was still going on, so... I had caught up to the translation, and then I read um, it till the end, really. So it's a completed series? I didn't even know that. It is a complete series. Uh, I forget how many chapters. Maybe like 1,400 chapters or oh something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> that is yeah. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I like it is because the way that the... I can't say how the Chinese is written, obviously, but from the translations I've I've read, like I like it feels like almost like a real novel because there's a lot more descriptions to it. Um, for other web novels that I read, they're kind of like shorter descriptions, you know, like one-liners or something like that. Mm. And there's not a lot of like paragraphs. Um, obviously, like re like actual novels have a lot of like descriptions and fluff, kind of I would say. Yes. And and web novels like to like get directly to the point, just kind of want to get you into immersed into the world. And so, but yeah, the King's Avatar I feel like is a mix of that. And not only that, I feel like the jokes in there are really funny, like the little interactions between the characters. And I also recommend it because if you if someone has watched the season one, because season one is a good start, kind of like getting you into the world of esports um, and then learning more about Yeshu and the other characters. But then like when season two and the movie came out, I think it got a little too confusing for people who had not read the novel because like all the characters kind of look the same or you don't know. There's so many characters that you don't know which you know, where they're coming from, like, you may know their name or things like that. But otherwise, I think it was hard for pe I think it was harder for me to even distinguish, even though I had read. So I had, wow. having that background 
yeah, having that background, I feel like it's important <laughs> um, when watching the show. Wait, but season mm-hmm. one wasn't uh, confusing to you because you said that it was a good introductory. So what happened, I guess, between the two seasons? <laughs> I think what happened was that they they skipped a couple of arcs. Um, okay. So like, yeah, so they skipped a couple of the middle chapters. And so they just kind of like went went to the first, I think... At least for the movie, I think it was. It was the first kind of like all star event, so all star gaming event. So that's where all the teams kind of went to a city and then you know competed against each other, and then they also invited people from the, from the stadium to go play against them as well. And I think that at that point it was a lot of char- new characters that you might not have noticed or have even seen in season one, really. So and not only that, the animation style changed. Um, and so it's really hard to, you know, find out who's who or what's doing what. Like, I think at the very least, you'll know the main group of characters. And so if you stick to that, you know, you'll be fine throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I wish they had adapted some of the earlier arcs because then you would learn more about these characters. But I also understand in a sense because there's so many characters on every team. You know what? There's like, what, five, six people on each team, maybe even more because they have backup players as well like it's hard to you know keep them all in line <laughs> yeah it sounds like then they kind of fumbled the ball in regards to the second season <laughs> um, which is funny because I do remember a lot of people talked about it when the first season came out but then and people were really excited with the announcement of the second season but I distinctly like thought to myself where I'm like huh where did everyone go <laughs> after it because I felt like not a lot of people were talking about it afterwards. Also, quick question, and correct me if I'm wrong, Isabel, did you not kind of work with light novels in like your jobs before or something like that? Or am I just completely off the ballpark here? No, yeah, I am still working on web novels. So that's the reason why like um I I edit web novels online. Um I I used to do mostly boys love, but I branched out from that and a lot of this is actually thanks to the King's Avatar, um, because back then I had started watching it, and I and I went to the website that was translating it, and I wanted to uh, work there. So you know, I applied for the editor position. I got on there, you know, and so I started doing that. Um, and then, yeah, just like I was like, oh, there's there's these things called web novels, and they're actually uh, fun to read. And so ever since then, I've I've been reading a lot of web novels. Although, you know, when I have a, lo- a lot to edit, I feel like I, the only novel I'm reading is the one that I'm editing. <laughs> That's all <laughs> oh, I have time yeah. for. For you. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm working on right now um, is a Korean one. So it's very, uh, it's very cute. I'm so happy it's ending. It's ending at like 600 chapters. Oh, and my word. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple of extras, like 20, 24, 25 extras. So... I'm I'm looking forward to that. I was like, we'll be like. I think my um my manager was like, she was like, oh, you're almost gonna be done. I'm like, I I'm pretty sure there's extras to work on. She was like, I'll save you a novel, like you know, in 2023. And I'm like, yeah, I think we're gonna go a little past that. So yeah, she's like, oh, and when she realized that there were extras, she's like, oh, okay, um, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you read like a difference in web novels between like the Japanese, the Chinese, and like the Korean stuff like that since? You know, you kind of have firsthand access, I guess, to it. Oh, do you mean like there's, if there's like a difference between the two? Yeah, like is there or... one that you mm-hmm. prefer more because of like one reason or the other? Or do you think they're all pretty similar to each other? 
I think they're actually really different. So I've, wow, I've read okay. a couple. I've seen like a couple, obviously snippets of the Japanese light novels. I think they have a lot more, kind of a lot more background, a lot more writing to it. Oh, okay. and then you also there's also a tendency for the Japanese uh, light novels to be fantasy or isekais, obviously. Yeah, like the, those are the popular ones, which we kind of already know. Um, as for Chinese web novels, I feel like they can be totally different, and a lot of the ones that excel are kind of the the wuxia or shansha types mm-hmm. uh so those excel a lot there's also kind of like the you know how we have like the reverse kind of um or not reverse but the female um you know the villainous one type. Yeah. yeah the villainous one yeah. yeah there's that kind of like in japanese and then in <laughs> in chinese i feel like there's a lot of like a straight ones so kind of like I feel like it's almost K drama like where you know the girl dates a CEO or something. Those are oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for that, for the female version, for Koreans, I think there was a jo- joke that like they love towers and things like that. So I feel like they're very focused on kind of the medieval set like setting. It's kind of oh, fantasy, but it's also rooted in like a lot of like swordmanship uh-huh. and magic and things like that. So like not really ise- like set in the isekai, but like. Not like a true fantasy is what is what I've seen is popular amongst the Korean web novels. Interesting. Yeah, there's always a a dungeon. Yeah. With a lot of these <laughs> Korean web novels, there's mm-hmm. a lot of dungeons that you start out as the like primary goal, or that's like your end goal. Versus like in a Japanese isekai, it's more like oh you know there's you're in you're transported into a kingdom and there's like some sociopolitics that happens in them and then you kind of get a, a harem of girls at the end of it right so <laughs> those are like two very different I think examples because uh, I think I wouldn't say that it was a Korean web novel but like Tower of God for instance is like an example of like a Korean manhwa. Oh, and it also has the dungeon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Other stuff like solo leveling and other Korean manhwas, not necessarily webcomic novels, also have a very similar premise. The gamer as well, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely like a gamer type thing as well. Kind of like items and things like that. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting. Well, sorry for putting you on the spot, Isabel, but I was like, if you have like such direct access to them, I definitely wanted to ask you some questions considering our topic for uh, for the episode this week. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, it's totally fine. I'm more than happy. I've been seeing a lot more novels that I I worked on for a little bit being published. So I'm very happy to see these actually, you know, going through Aww. and getting official English translations. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for them. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Alrighty then. So in that case, it's a time to pass the baton to Agnes. So I'm going to go ahead and just ask you straight off the bat. You said that one of the light novels is kind of related to Dorara or you like has kind of a tie in. So I just, you know, wanted to know right off the bat, like which one were you thinking about? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So that one was actually Bakuno. So it's actually written by the same light novel. Oh, uh, that's Yota right. Narita. That's oh. why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also read the fan translations of his spinoff work for the Fate universe, which is Fate Strange Fake. Um, so I am also a fairly large, uh, not large, I would say I'm, I am a fan of uh, Narisa's work in general for a light novel. Um, I had started Bakuno when I was in middle school. I was watching both the dubbed and the sub version like back to back on the old Funimation YouTube channel that used to be up there. And I fell in love with the series of Bakuno. And at the time, like I told you, 
I did not know that it was a light novel. And light novels at the time weren't popular in the U.S. yet. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of publishers that were pushing light novels. So Yen Press, for instance, during that time, hadn't been pushing light novels. And you certainly did not see light novels at Barnes & Noble's. It wasn't until about maybe four years ago when the explosion of light novels were coming into fruition from like Yen Press, Seven Seas, and a lot of other publishers that I started seeing Bakuno on the shelves of Barnes and & Nobles. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I love Bakuno. I love the premise. I've read stuff on the wiki. It's like super trippy in terms of how many people were turned into more into immortals and or are trying to you know be part of the the train heist and things like that so I bought I think two volumes of Bakuno and I kind of fell in love with a lot of uh, Narita's storytelling because it's a little bit haphazard and there's so many different plot points that he eventually kind of weaves together into this web and that you're kind of supposed to second guess on how the events are supposed to pan out chronologically too. So that's my uh, input for light novels that I started reading after I watched an anime. What is it like? What do you mean by haphazard, I guess, by his writing style? So the haphazardness of his writing style is similar to how the anime plays out in both Dora and Bakuno, where it's not a linear progression in terms of story, you know. In Bakuno, there are, and in Dora there are multiple groups of people, and simultaneously these events are happening at the same time. You just have to figure out in which chronological order do they happen in and kind of connect the dots yourself. Um, in a way, I like that because I don't feel like the audience is an idiot when they read through his works. And that they can kind of extrapolate and kind of be guided into thinking like, oh, this and this happened, so this technically must happen. But then when you continue reading, there are more plot points revealed and you're going to tell yourself like, oh, actually, that's not how it happens. This actually happens like this. And so it's just very fun in its own way when you're reading the story. And I guess as now that you wait, so... So you've read Bakano to its completion then, from my understanding? No, I've only read uh only read like two of the volumes of the light novel so far. Okay. I'm still waiting to collect more from like Barnes and Nobles or online. Okay. So based on what you've read so far, then my next question is do you prefer one medium over the other? You know how some people are like, I'm using manga as an example, but you know how some people are like, they watch an anime, it interests them, so they go and read the manga, and they're like, oh, wait, the manga's a lot better and stuff like that. Do you have that feeling with like what you have read so far with the volumes versus the anime adaptation, or do you actually think they both stand well in their own right? I think they both stand well in their own right just because Yoto Narita has a different way of describing certain scenarios um, as opposed to the anime depiction of certain scenarios. It's just the way that it's... If you prefer to see a visual medium, then anime is the way to go. But I have no preference as to either anime or reading text. So as long as they kind of support the scene in its own right. So for instance... If in writing, if the language is way too flowery, at one point your eyes kind of just roll to the back of your head and you just want to die. Because at that point you're just like, I don't I don't really understand or absorb the kind of writing that is in that scenario. But if it's done in a way where it's flowery but concise at the same time, you get a much better, I guess, insight of what the scene will look like. And it doesn't necessarily have to translate 200% into the anime, but if the anime can convey that sliver of it, then I would say that they're both equal at that point. 
Okay, and that's how you feel towards the Bakano anime and the light novel from what you've read so far? Yes, precisely. Because there are a lot of other light novels that you will read, and then when you compare it to the anime, you're kind of like, the light novel's kind of trash. I, I have another example <laughs> oh! that one, but that, that, Ooh, okay. that is not necessarily a light novel that I started reading after I watched the anime, so... Wait, so you do, do you have an example of that, I guess? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, it's the Fate Apocrypha series. It was pretty abysmal. Oh! The light novel, you read the first chapter of the light novel and you think to yourself, they cannot screw this up. The way that it's written, the way that it describes it, the vivid imagery is exactly like what you would see if a producer sat down to create an anime adaptation of Apocrypha. Which is amazing, because I thought to myself, because I was reading the fan translation of Fate Apocrypha a couple years before the announcement of the anime. And I was thinking to myself, like, this this light novel has been out for a long time. I don't think it's going to get an anime, but if they did have an anime, it would be super hype because they can't, they literally cannot go wrong, right? And then after a couple years later, it was the anime was actually announced. I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to watch this. It's going to be exactly like the night novel. They can't screw this up. <laughs> They did. And I was like, immeasur- I, I was immeasurably disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because actually, uh, you know, when we talked about Jack and we're mentioning Jack because Jack has, you know, is the edit is also one of the editors. He's edited things before is that and he actually does work on certain things uh, related to the anime industry and stuff is he is he talked about how um, a purpose of a light novel versus like a real novel. And you kind of touched on that briefly as well. Isabel is the fact that light novels are also almost like created with the purpose of an easy adaptation to anime or manga format or both and so because of that you know Isabel had mentioned this earlier there's a little less descriptions a lot more concise and to the point in light novels a lot of times because of the fact that it's meant or if they do describe things it's described in a way that's so visual that it's meant to be able to translate very easily into an actual visual medium whether it's like manga panels or actual animation itself so whenever whenever an anime botches a light novel adaptation that really means that they botched a type of material that was originally made to be to be made to make the adaptation easier as a little fun fact. So, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So if that is your first pick for an anime series that eventually pushed you to venture into the light novel world, what is the second one then? The second one is kind of an interesting one because we always brag about this anime. Um but the light novel that I was really curious about reading after I watched the anime was actually Sora Online Progressive. Oh, okay. And we always okay. talk about how, you know, Sora Online sucks, you know, and I, I still look I still stand by the fact that Sora Online as the anime does suck. But because Progressive was written after a period where uh, the author of Sora Online sat down, took a lot of his criticisms from his fans and wrote Progressive as kind of like a, an ancillary or like uh, an addition to the main sort of online scenario of being stuck in Aincrad and stuff like that, I thought to myself, like, what is it that he has added to this world that is now very old, but contains more information and more context? And I managed to catch a glimpse of SAO Progressive a couple years ago at Barnes & Nobles again, because I'm kind of lazy to find uh, actual light novel adaptations and buy them online. So I just kind of passively scroll through them when I'm at the bookstore. 
And reading the essay of Progressive, I realized that there is so much more context to the complex world of Aincrad that we weren't exposed to in both the original light novel, the manga adaptation, and also the anime adaptation as well. Um, and a lot of it has to do with how skills and the the world of SAO kind of contributes to the overall experience of the user when they were trapped in Aincrad. And that there was a lot more, I guess, customizability when it came to skills that the players had, which explains why both Asuna and Kirito had certain skills that other characters didn't, as opposed to a lot of the other SAO content where it seemed like the characters all had semi-similar attacks and abilities because they're kind of locked into certain classes or skill sets. Um, Aincrad was the one that really kind of skyrocketed the whole customizability. And so I thought that was really interesting reading that through the SAO Progressive novel. So I guess big question to you, since you've mentioned before as well as on our podcast that the author for Sword Art Online has uh, not only taken the criticisms graciously, but actually quite seriously and given a really good reason as to where he flounders in his writing and why he's written them this way and how he's going to change in the future and stuff. Did you see those applied in Progressive? Do you feel like he like made good, I guess, on um, what he has claimed that he was going to do? From the little that I read of SAO Progressive, because like I just said, I just kind of like passively, you know, flipped through them while I was at my local bookstore. I would say that he is getting there, but because there's so much hate or I would say criticism towards the series in terms of character flaws and development, it will be difficult to rectify that in future novels. Okay, so it's like he would kind of have to have a do-over, I guess. <laughs> he would have to completely erase the entire publication mm. and start over from scratch. Yeah, no, that's because... not ideal. <laughs> Right, because the idea of what Kirito and what Asuna is already to our minds is so deeply embedded into our subconscious, if I'm getting poetic here, that we can't really think of them as anywhere complex of characters. Mm -hmm. Even with the boatloads of Asuna-centric stories, like for instance, Mother's Rosario, or her ep sort of epic entrance in the latest installment of SAO, you still kind of don't really care much about Asuna as a complex character mm. at the end of the day. So it's difficult, it'll be difficult to rectify that in later novels anyway. So at that point, everyone just kind of accepts like it is who they are. I'm more interested in the world of Aincred that wasn't necessarily fleshed out in the light novels or the other adaptations. But you, it does sound like you do like the world a little more now, right? <laughs> I do like the world a little bit more now because I've when I started reading SAO, the original manga adaptations, that's how I was introduced to SAO before the anime, I was really interested in the whole trapped in a video game world. You know, it's that whole idea of like when you get stuck in a video game, it's an immersive experience. Or even when you play video games in general, it is an immersive experience. You want to know more about the world, how the the lore is structured, how the NPCs, you know, talk to each other, what are the stakes in the game, and things like that. So I was more interested in that than the actual players and the characters themselves being stuck in that world in the first place anyway. So Progressive was a little bit of a breath of fresh air from the usual, like, Kirito and his harem going around defeating big bad evil. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it. And Isabel, did you ever venture to the light novel series for SAO? 
No, sadly, I I did not. But hearing that, you know, uh, Progressive goes back and kind of, uh, I think the biggest problem I had when I started SAO was the fact that there was like kind of like a time slip and then there's kind of like a floor yeah. slip. Yeah. Progressive goes over that. So I think that would interest me more than reading the original Yeah, Progressive mm-hmm. definitely takes it a lot slower to learn about all the skills in the world. And I think the latest SAO movie, the Aria movie, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, SAO Progressive Starry Night Aria or something like that, I don't remember the official full title, uh, goes more in-depth about how Asuna started out as you know a new player and then eventually becomes the knight of that very esteemed guild in the game. So that might be something you could look into, especially because you know we lost a lot of context in between the original anime adaptation. Yeah, definitely. I would like that more because I think that's what I expected when I first started the series. But since I didn't get right. that, I kind of just like, oh, what's the point of this? They're just OP already. Like, Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel that. But yeah, those are my two for light novels that I started reading after I watched the anime. Would you continue, I guess, with Progressive out of curiosity? Since I know you definitely are interested in continuing with like Bacano and specifically works by that particular author. <laughs> Uh, yes and no with Progressive. I think it's just kind of like at the time it piqued my interest Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, SAO Progressive, let's see what new content is in here. Is it going to support any of the, you know, the current plot points that we knew of in the original light novel, manga adaptation and anime adaptation? But over the years, my interest has waned quite a bit about SAO because, frankly, I don't care about the franchise overall. (laughs) So I may pick it up in the future again, but we'll have to wait and see. All right. Got it. Okay. Well, I think in that case, it is my turn to talk about the light novels that I have looked looked at after uh, watching the anime. I'm actually really surprised that none of mine got poached. Um, So I'm really excited to talk about them. So the first one that I read that I I don't think is going to surprise anyone on this, you know, episode is 8686, or I guess officially Mm. it's just 86, because I finished that season and I just wanted more. I wanted more so, so badly. And I already know for a fact that the light novel series was incredibly well written. I mean, I I feel like it's a testament when like the Sakuga people, when they made a series about or they wrote articles about 86's episode directions and visual medium usage and how the director has really just taken this source material into something way uh, above and beyond for anime. When they said that this... um, they've taken a source material that was quote already better than it had any right to be and I was like "Ooh, that is high praise (laughs) for someone to call a something that had like that it could have like you know that it was so good that it had like essentially no right to be that good so and of course I do know that 86 has won awards for its series and those um, 86 light novel readers were essentially waiting at the helm, like ready to tear apart this anime, how it's going to screw up the adaptation and stuff like that's how rabidly loyal the light novel reader fans are. And then the anime came out and they were just like, never mind, it's beautiful. <laughs> we don't have anything. <laughs> like, we are wrong. Especially the... Um- Especially the ending that they kind of tweaked, yes, right? Yes, in, for eighty six. Yes, the fans were oh so grateful. Yes, actually, what's really funny is, um, as an adaptation of for an anime, eighty six was tweaked quite a bit to fit better for the visual medium of what is animated. But 
every single change the light novel readers praised and loved it they were like i didn't know that it was possible to make this light novel series better but it made it better and so like this is a rare case where the adaptation changes didn't come with like pitchforks and like um you know and like fire it came with like plates of gold and food <laughs> so yeah. um, <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted more after 86, so I decided to check out the light novels. And I can say to everyone's, um, you know, just waiting on the edge of their seat that it is as good as those light novel readers have claimed to be. Uh, it, it's just an excellently well-written piece of work. I didn't finish to where it went because I, I found a stopping point where what I wanted to happen happened. And I was like, that's it. That's it. There's no more to the story. I don't. Was I, it the, <laughs> the, the, the slightly smutty scene? Yes. Yes. Slightly. Ah, okay. Okay. I, I understand it's that. Okay. Smutty. It's called the female gaze. I will, I will go to my grave about that. So, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, so it's it was really great, and I I'm like a total fan girl, and I'm a simp, and like yeah, it's it's bad, it's very bad, but um, <laughs> it's the female gaze. I will reiterate that point until the end of my days. But basically, the conflict, the complexity of the societies, how um, we actually find out how the uh, essentially oh, what are they called? Those robot things? I uh, legion legions or legions is how they pronounce it in Japanese, but uh, the AIs, how they came to be, how they took over specifically in more explicit detail and stuff like that. It was just very well done and also very horrifying because unfortunately, a lot of things that they're talking about in the series hits a little too close to home. I kind of liken it to watching uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes sometimes where it feels a little too close to home despite the fact the story was written like 50 years ago because it's just a sad reminder that humans like to repeat history. They don't really learn from history. And so we we definitely see that in 86 as we already know the author has explicitly said many, many times that she took a lot of historical references and studied a lot of history to write her novel to write her story so or a light novel series so yeah but it is really well done and I, I I agree with all the readers I think that the parts that the light novels kind of floundered on a bit was actually made better in the anime by shifting around um, the timeline as well as just choosing a different way to portray the uh, portray the uh, scenes happening uh, to give you an example one of my favorite scenes in the anime and it's a very short shot is like we see each of the um, we see each of the 86 members like quote unquote like um, you know integrating with normal life but you can tell from the camera angle that they haven't really integrated with normal life it just makes it look like they are and it like the shots like would change between each other very quickly where and every single one, they're in a different setting and doing something different. But the way they're standing and how the ang it's angled is that they're separated from the general populace makes it very increasingly clear that they aren't integrating to normal life. They're still somewhere else, per se, which is, of course, a very accurate portrayal of war veterans coming home as well. And in the light novel series, that is explained explicitly. You are described in every single one of the characters what they are doing at that time. And it is very good writing and very good description. And then a final summarizing sentence to clinch it all in as to the fact that they, are all, they all still feel very separated. 
But the anime being able to visually show that in like in like just a, like a consecutive shots in a matter of seconds is just so extraordinarily well done that I actually think it's more powerful than having it written per se. So it's like it's stuff like this that I will I will see that I am just endlessly impressed on. Like it has given me a bigger appreciation for the anime and only makes me like want another season more as I pray to the heaven skies for that. But um but for the actual series itself, it is really well done. There's a lot more cast and characters coming in um, in the later part of the story, but I don't mind it at all. It never gets confusing because all the characters have very, very distinct um, personalities. And even better, they have distinct dialogue and like, you know, talking styles in the same way that all of us individually will also have distinct writing, um, not writing styles, but like talking styles as well. It makes it very obvious as to who's talking and what are they saying and stuff like that. So yeah, um, so that's the one of the ones that I checked out after um, after the anime because I just couldn't wait and I need to figure out if my ship sailed to be more precise and so it, it, it definitely sailed after that scene you told me I, I we know that for a fact oh yes it, it totally sailed it was a great sailing it was like a ship's in the air <laughs> like a ship it's just flying the air sort of sailing but yeah I at it I got to a point where everyone was happy and I was like, you know what? I know there's still a lot more conflict to be resolved and probably more to show up, but I don't need to need no more. I'll just stop right Gracie, here. how could you? I just need to know if Raiden doesn't die or not. I, I, volume, I, I am blind and deaf to that fact. <laughs> no, you must read it for me. <laughs> you want read it me for to my sake, please. my feelings so you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan uh, but yeah I'm kind of curious because Agnes I know you also loved 86 like we screamed about it to each other like did you not have any curiosity to sort of check out the light novel series <laughs> no because I'm also the same person who tries to read the light novels more officially rather than fan translated only because I'm a bit wary on how the execution is like from the fan translation perspective versus an industry perspective mm. so I've been trying to wait and see when I can find the 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 actual official translation for 86. I think they I do have official translations out now but definitely not as far along yeah so I, I mean, no not as far along that's for sure uh I, I have to check Amazon for that <laughs> or Bookwalker makes sense Yep, so that is my first big light novel series that got me interested. I actually, all of mine are relatively uh, recent for similar reasons that the girls have already been saying. Growing up, when I was watching anime, a lot of the anime that I did watch that were light novel adaptations, I had no idea that they were, and I definitely didn't have an idea of what exactly a light novel really means, you know, because of the fact that once again, um, you know, all I knew was manga and that was it. And so, so all the ones that I've watched recently who have interested me are the light novels that I am interested in. I don't really revisit old ones per se, like Spice and Wolf, I know was a series that I loved a lot. And then it's based on a light novel series, but um, I wasn't really interested in revisiting it because it's happened a long time ago, though. That might change because of the fact that uh, a new season was miraculously announced, something that I never saw coming a mile away, and I'm sure was very shocking to everyone else on this recording as well. So, 
with that being said, my second one that I was really interested in the light novel series on was actually Misfit of Demon King Academy. So, oh, okay. Did you so you you watched? I'm assuming you read it after you watched the. Anime, I did. Right? I did. I really wasn't expecting to get so into that series enough to like look after the light novel series. I I heard all of you guys react. So, did you two watch it, or do you guys just know? I about did. It? it was pretty good. Okay. I had to say like. I, I think the one thing that sold me the most about the anime was the main character, the Demon King, mm-hmm. is voiced, I think, by the same voice actor as Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, like, totally sold me on the whole, like, I am superior than you, but I know I am superior than you. Like, don't even try me. And I was like, you know, I this sells. I, I can stick with this. <laughs> and what about you, Isabel? Yeah, yeah for me, the uh, I actually haven't watched it, but I watched... Like before the anime came out, kind of the voice actors kind of talking about it mm. and their interactions. I think the reason why I ended up not picking it up because it was, to me, it looked like a harem. Maybe you can like right. prove me wrong on that. Right. But okay. That's what it looked like to me. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to say the marketing for that anime does not do the anime justice because. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> uh, the only reason why I decided to watch it, and thank God, was my roommate told me to. Because what happened is I saw that art and I saw the PV and I was like, this is another one of those harem anime in a magical and medieval world where the main character is overpowered how many times have we heard and seen this and my roommate very explicitly she saw that she was like are you watching it I was like no it looks terrible she's like watch it and I was like what like did I did I hear this right are you telling me to watch this anime and she said like I promise you like I like this this poster and this summary does not do justice to the actual story and the characters and so um so I don't blame you for not picking it up it really doesn't look great via its marketing I don't know why they decided to choose to do that route because if they like you know if they did it where the way they did it, it just looks like another dime a dozen sort of anime out there that we've seen a million times and gotten dis- disappointed on a million times, but it is not the case at all. It is really funny, and it's surprisingly inquisitive as well. And so, like, one thing I kept thinking about when watching this anime, and this is actually part of the reason why it hooked me enough to check out the light novel series, is the fact that despite the fact it's a comedy, I'm like, there's a lot of real life things to talk about here. Because the basic premise of it is Anos, who who was like the overpowered demon king back when, um, back when humans and demons and saints and like these other spirits, like these other creatures were all fighting each other. Um, he decided to sacrifice himself to uh, to essentially erect barriers to ensure that all the kingdoms can separately develop because the reason he figured out the reason why that everyone kept fighting and were like having wars with each other is that neither kingdom like whether it's the demon kingdom or the human kingdom neither of them are really stable internally they don't have their own government system they don't have their economy figured out they so they're constantly fighting with others to like try to gain power gain some more economic power etc etc and so he was like we can't fix anything until we like deal with our own crap essentially and so he sacrificed himself to get like barriers enacted um which resulted in his death and then he gets reincarnated in modern times where like he suspected after the separate kingdoms were forced to reckon with their own problems internally 
they've found stability. But the issue is now that he's gone and reincarnated, he's literally telling everyone, I am the original Demon King that got reincarnated and no one believes him because history has changed when he was gone and basically like erased him from the storyline and said someone else was the Demon King instead. And like the whole premise is funny because once again, he's so overpowered that it's it's amazing how people aren't just like flaming to, on their knees to themselves <laughs> before him to be like, you are the Demon King reincarnated. And um, like Agnes said that he's just so brusque about it where he's like, yeah, I'm the Demon King. Watch, I can like, I can spin a castle on my finger like a basketball like sort of thing. It's also the un- underlying theme where I'm like, oh, look, in the future, you know, people in power have essentially... People in power have essentially uh, changed history and molded it in a way that's not completely wrong, but not completely right either to fit their circumstance and allow themselves to stay in power. Because one thing that Anos learned when he came back is that um, there is a hierarchy going on in the demon kingdom. And the hierarchy is uh, pure-blooded demons are, like, treated a lot better than, like, mixed-blooded demons. So demons who come from, like, mixed parentage. And it's their world's racism, to put it, uh, to put it simply. And uh, Anno's, you know, coming from a time where the idea of that kind of racism is just, like, inexplicable because of the fact that everyone was just fighting to survive. Like, he doesn't really get that. And he finds that whole thing to be really, really stupid. But... Um, the people in power, aka the pure-blooded demons, would always use the excuse that, oh, the demon king was pure-blooded. That's why we're allowed to stay in power and stuff like that. And I'm just like, like, with all this comedy and stuff, there's actually quite a bit of pretty good commentary on, like, how society works and society forms and how people in power, like, manipulate things from the past to suit how they are currently and make sure they don't lose their standing. And so that is ultimately what drew me to the light novel series, because I'm like, this author, like, he really knows what he's doing. Like, and he, and fun fact, the light novels, his afterwards are really, really funny. They're very personal. Like the one where, um, so in the series at one point, Anos like defeats death, like literal entity death. And he was just like, and the, the author was like, yeah, I think I made him a little too powerful too quickly. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to like make him more powerful after this. So the author is like really aware of the fact that he's like leaning hard into a trope and a parody in, re- in regards to that. But it also shows like a clear amount of like thought process put into the world and like the complexity of society as well. So that's why I ended up reading the light novel series. And yay, I still enjoy the light novel series. I'm actually really, really excited for the next two seasons. I think they announced two. Maybe it's just one, but definitely at least one. I'm really excited for the next season that's coming up. There's still a lot to be explored of the world and how like how people have manipulated history after like centuries have passed, essentially. And, you know, a little awkward when the person who literally lived in that century is actually alive now with all his memories intact. So it's kind of like writing history again and like clearing the history books to be more accurate and stuff. And it's just going to be really fun. There's a lot of more world building to go around. And I think there's just a lot more commentary that is just hidden under just layers of like comedic fashion and comedic characters and stuff like that. Also, 
I will say that it is kind of a harm, Isabel, but ironically, it is a harm that I don't mind because um, Anos, he is, um, he's kind of different from the oblivious harm protagonist. He, like, I would say that he isn't aware all these girls have crushes on him, but he is very focused on, like, you know, his tasks and what he wants to get accomplished and done and stuff that the girls kind of know that there's no point in trying to fight for him. And it's more like they have this understand where it's like when he and if he ever decides that he is interested in any of us, like that will be when it happens. But for now, like we just want to support him because we do agree with his vision. And of course, we also do believe he is the Demon King reincarnated. And so we just want to support him for that as well. So because of that, the harm is a lot more like, I guess, low key in that regard. Is that the right word? I'm not quite sure how to describe it. But so you can be rest assured about the harm. And there is also another couple in there that's like sort of the end game couple. And it's not a harm in that regard. It's just like, two of them and they're really really cute and i really ship them so mm. yeah so is it anos with misha no 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 no, no. it's with uh it's, it's lay remember the guy with the silver hair um with the sword uh the half demon right he, so he's not a half demon he's a full demon but it's he's with Misha. uh he's with that other girl who is a half demon so oh god oh okay, okay, okay. there you go okay yeah. that's it okay so uh so they're really cute i really like them so yeah i'm really excited for season two there's a lot to happen and i also really enjoyed the light novel series i think there is more comedy in the light novel series that the anime stripped away which i don't actually blame them for i think there's only like so much you can do in an anime series versus like a not a light novel series uh but it is really fun and ironically i think i like the uh, authors like afterwards the best because he's just so comical and like personable in his notes it's really cute so yeah so that is my second pick in that regard i guess like did you see the stuff uh, or think about the stuff that i was talking about agnes when i was you know watching the anime and what made me want to like wa- uh, read the light novel series <laughs> i think i do because there are definitely the glimpses because it's a whole mystery of Anos trying to figure out why he was basically reincarnated, right? And what had happened to the world after he was reincarnated and what happened to the heroes, which I think was super interesting because a lot of these reincarnation stories or isekai stories, they don't like to talk too much about the history. They mm-hmm. prefer to kind of go like, oh, you know, it happens, it happens. You know, you go in your merry way, you adapt to the world. But Anos here is like actively trying to figure out what had happened in the first place. So it's part mystery and part unraveling this history that had been purposely hidden away by the elite and kind of sets up the main antagonist for the first season of the story, which I think really drew my attention into this, even though it was advertised as a harem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I definitely understand what you said by that. And I also kind of like the the fact that a lot of the females that were presented in season one aren't actually his love interest for a harem. Because if you take the other Stark example, like the irregular high school, right? Yeah. Every single female you meet in season one has some sort of infatuation with Tatsuya. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. But in Demons in the in the Misfit uh, king in the demon academy there's only two right and there's only there's really only two candidates that are trying to harbor for his affection and or have very close it does end with the third the- one but I, I i know what you're trying to say is that their personalities doesn't just revolve around 
getting his affection, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Right, exactly, yeah. And a lot of the story plot is not around his affection either because it's still kind of like hyper-centered on Tim trying to figure out. And if anything, he's just using them. (laughs) But in a nice way, in a nice way. (laughs) Yeah, in a nice way because like he doesn't like abuse them or anything and he does truly care for them because he cares a lot for his birth parents Mm -hmm. too. Or at least his quote-unquote birth parents. Yeah, Yeah, so for Isabel... um, when Anos was reincarnated, he was reincarnated as like a child. So he had to go through the whole phase of childhood to adulthood. And although he knew that his parents were not gifted in magic, they're regular humans. He knows that they are so nice and so earnest that he dotes on them quite a bit too. And his parents are like the proudest parents they could ever be. They, could, they were like, oh my gosh, our dear son, he was so powerful at a young age, but we knew he could get into the academy. And so it's this whole spiel about his parents being oblivious to the fact that he is a demon lord, mm-hmm. but they're so endearing that he can't help but dote on them. So in a way, he's like very humanized and he doesn't feel like the super arrogant OP character where nobody can touch him and he has only a harem of girls at his feet. Oh, and that's one of the things that they skip from the light novels, actually. So I can talk about it here so it's not too spoiler-esque. Okay. Is, um, uh, his parents had trouble conceiving, is is the thing. And so that's oh. why um, when they finally had, like, when they finally had him, it, he was essentially their miracle child. So it it, was, it didn't upset them at all that, like, they gave birth to this boy and immediately the boy could talk full sentences <laughs> because all his memories are intact. So he immediately is just like, oh, my name is this. And, like, within a matter of months, like, use, like, time magic to, like, fast forward his body to, like, where he felt comfortable. They just loved him for what he is because of the fact that they had trouble conceiving and so he was their miracle child i'm like that's so nice and so yeah that's stuff that the light novels have as well (laughs) i would say give it a shot if you have time if you don't mind so much of the comedy aspects and also the uh slight fan service but it's not overtly there in the original anime and i don't think there's that much fan service in the light novel right no 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 no. yeah yeah so it's 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 worth to give it a shot Okay, yeah, I'll definitely consider that. Like, I, I like what you guys are explaining. It seems like it was definitely not, as you said, it was marketed. So now that you changed my thoughts about it, I might check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Alrighty then. So I think that wraps up our episode for today. Uh, thank you everyone for listening once again to us talk about our, uh, you know, light novels that we checked out after the anime series. Let us know which light novels that you have checked out after an animated series as well. And you can, you know, tell that to us on our Twitter, which is at girltaku underscore AT. And yeah, I hope you'll be back here next time with us when we are back with another fun topic. Bye everyone. Bye-bye.